Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. I am your host, Matt Panarchek. It is Thursday, October the 7th, 2021. All right. And welcome and welcome to another fun-filled episode of the pod. Rome was not built in a day, they say. So don't fret, don't cry, don't wonder why we here in Philadelphia seem to be stuck in sports mediocrity with our four major sports teams because you have to be patient, they say. You have to give them time, you say. You are the one emotionally invested. You are the one who has spent your life rooting for these teams, living and dying for these teams, but you have to be patient they say good evening everybody and it is a pleasure to be back on another beautiful thursday evening here in the delaware valley early fall early october yeah i'm kind of feeling like i don't know summertime outside i guess but we're getting there the leaves are starting to change and depending or, you know i guess depending on the places that you go to but it's looking very seasonable out there as we are streaming right forward right ahead right to week five of the national football league and, of course, I am going to give you my picks of where I see week five kind of swimming out. I, I, I'm going to save that for the end of the podcast because I didn't do too good last week. I did horribly, actually. Very bad. So I'll be able to give you my week five predictions as we get there. But, of course, this is the show every week that I kind of like to recap and re-go back and rewind. Re-go back and rewind on the haps that was the week in Philly sports. And until that man or that guy, call him number 25, has is traded, which hopefully we are getting close to, I consider Philadelphia a three, a three for four town. Meaning we have three of the four professional sports teams. Because I won't mention or talk about the basketball team until number 25 is no longer part of it. So let's go back. We got the Phillies. So the Phillies, listen, the last time we spoke, the end was nigh, and it ended, actually, I think, on the night of one of my podcasts. I think it was last Wednesday when they dropped <laughs> when they dropped the series in a sweep to the hands of the Atlanta Braves. Well, the dust has settled. They, they went on to lose two out of three from the Florida Marlins, or I'm sorry, the Miami Marlins, over the weekend to end the season at a stout 82-80 and 80 record. So one of the things that I did not want to have happen to the Phillies did happen. They finished with a winning record, so people can kind of, I don't know, continue to fool themselves that what's happening with this baseball team is anything but mediocrity and anything but a downward trend. But lo and behold, they finished with an 82 and 80 record. And Dave Dombrowski, the, um, the the vice president of baseball operations or the president of baseball operations, the glorified general manager, came out the other day and addressed the public by saying that. They're not happy with a winning record. Or they are happy with a winning record, but by no means are they 
you know, touting this up to anything but a disappointing type of season. He mentioned something specifically, too. He mentioned they need a leadoff bat. He mentioned they need bullpen help, a closer specifically. He mentioned also they needed a shortstop, which is interesting seeing how Didi is under another uh, year of his contract next year. So Dave Dombrowski kind of spun the things that I believe he needed to say to the people he needed to say it to to kind of walk back or get us off the ledge. Joe Girardi, by the way, will be back next year as a lame duck manager, everybody. Girardi is coming back under his final year of his deal. I'm not a big fan of lame duck managers. I don't care what their cachet is or what their past has been. You know, at a certain point of a season, if things begin to tumble, what the hell does Joe Joe Girardi got to lose? I mean, he's out anyway. So I'm not a big fan of lame duck managers. Dave Dombrowski, again, attempted to assuage us on that as well by saying that he he has done that many times throughout his career and that specifically Jim Leland, all he wanted was one-year deals. At, at a certain point. So a lot, lot, a lot, a lot to, to stay tuned for when it comes to the Phillies. The bottom line was the team was mediocre. The team has got one of the highest payrolls in baseball and one of the worst teams in baseball to boot. I don't care that they were 82 and 80. I don't care that they were in the National League East pathetic division race until the very end. I'm telling you, you put the Phillies in any other division of baseball, it is, we're, we're not having this discussion. We are not, clinging to the fact that they were in this thing until the final week of the season. We're not. We absolutely are not. And if you think that this team is going to win a World Series the way it is right now, it, you're, you're mistaken. You're just – and you're fooling yourself. So more to follow on the Phillies. We will get into the um, ins and outs of free agency, the ins and outs of salary arbitration. Don't forget, we have a collective bargaining agreement that expires here in December as well. So baseball is just firing up this year. It could be a – it could be a long off season, folks. I hope it's not. I hope they, they learn their lessons from COVID, learn their lessons from previous CBA issues or CBA issues and, and get this thing hammered out at a very, very, very um, fast pace. So more to follow on the Phillies. I will be bringing in somebody, and I know you guys are starting to like not listen or believe when I say this about bringing people here. <laughs> I will be bringing somebody in to talk Phillies, deep dive in the season, Deep dive in what Dave Dombrowski said. Deep dive in what you think or what they think are the actual fixes to this very soon. So stay tuned for that. Now on to the Flyers. Yes, I know. I know I promised to have a guest here. I literally was talking to the guy last night. We were going to do it last night. Logistically, it just couldn't work. I couldn't do it tonight because of something. I will get him here. I have another week, uh, another eight days before the season starts. So before the season begins, I will deep dive the Flyers and give you my our, my estimates. We'll talk predictions and we'll talk where do you think the Flyers are as we get ready to start a 21-22 season. But as what they've been doing, uh, the, they are wrapping up their preseason tomorrow against the Capitals. Listen. Again, I've said this back in day one or game one. There's an agenda here for AV, and it's not necessarily wins and losses. It's There's been some very positive things, i.e. the play of Carter Hart. There's been some sort of not-so-positive, and I'm not going to go ahead and say negative, but just not-so-positive things when it comes to some chemistry issues. 
But when you have a team that has so much kind of turnover that the Flyers have had this offseason, you got to be patient with that. That's going to have to come. I believe the Flyers are going to be, I can tell you this at least, they're going to be a totally different team than they were last year. They're, they're just, they are. They're just going to be totally different. And um, it's great. It's great that hockey's coming. Hockey is back. And uh, yeah, as I said, in eight days, the Flyers will start their season. The actual season begins on the 12th. So the Flyers are kicking it off there a little late. But more to follow on that. And I tell, and I promise you, before the season begins, I will have me a special guest to talk Flyers hockey. As far as the birds go, well, we are about three days away from the start of week five. And, and it'll find our Philadelphia Eagles in Carolina to battle the Panthers. In a game that is interesting here, if you're listening to the Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, they're pegging this as the get well game. Apparently, there's been enough extracted positives from what happened against Kansas City to let to get a lot of people on board with what the Eagles could do on Sunday against the Panthers. I am not sold that easily. I'm not. And I mentioned this to, to Kyle last week, and I and I just I think I reiterated it to him tonight in some way. I understand the logistics of making an in-season coaching change. I understand the optics of that. I understand what that would look like. But listen, if we have another, and when I I mean if they go out against the Panthers and say I surrender another 40 spot, and then they turn around, they go against the Buccaneers and surrender another 40 spot. And we are looking at a one in five start. And we're still getting the same, you know, I got to clean up these these penalties. I mean, we're 44 penalties in four games. And he's telling people we got to still clean up penalties. And we're still making stupid decisions. And he's he still has not identified himself in a philosophy of, of, of running an offense. And our defense is just leaking, leaking like a sieve. I think at a certain point, an in-season coaching change might be beneficial to everybody. And... I'm not saying that it's something that's going to be taken into um, taken lightly by the team when you decide to go ahead and, and fire your new head coach after only six games, it, it, it would be at that point. But if we continuously go out there and look like we are trying to compete versus trying to win, I am all for an in-season coaching change. Absolutely. Some of the comparisons of what – would take to be an in-season coaching change have been the Urban Meyer situation down there in Jacksonville or the Matt Nagy situation with the, with the Bears. I got all that. Equally despicable and, and messed up and, and, and all that. And is it on the same level of what the Eagles are dealing with Nick Sirianni? I don't quite know, but I do know as an Eagles fan, if my team is consistently going out there and competing and not trying to win – I am all in favor of an in-season coaching change, and I am all in favor of that happening sooner than later. All right, so that brings me to my picks. And, of course, we get more into the Eagles here coming up this weekend when my main man, Kyle Quinn, will join me for the pregame show on Saturday or Sunday, depending on when we do it. Let's get into our picks. As I mentioned at the top of the show, not a good week for me personally. Uh, I, I sported an 8-8 eight and eight, uh, this week uh, to bring my record down to a, eh, you know, it's not that bad, 37-28. I'm, I'm not crying about that. I think that's a respectable record. But it was a really a weird week for me. Um, I made a lot of picks, and I think it was a weird week around the NFL. Whenever you have a week where the Giants and Jets both win at the same time, 
you know it's a weird week. So on the week five, and right now as this broadcast is, or as this podcast is being recorded, the Thursday night game between the Rams and the Seahawks is being played. I'm 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 going with the Rams here. Okay, I just think the Rams are a better team. I, I yes, I have looked at this game. I've watched on match facts. I'm watching it right now. And I realize that, but I'm sticking with the Rams. And this is the I made these selections this afternoon. I had somebody here witnessing me do it. So don't call me a, a liar or a cheat. So I'm going to go with the Rams. Then we're going to go to Sunday's games. I got the Jets versus the Falcons. You know, I'm going New York here. I'm, I'm going to take the Jets. I think they, and I, I said this back in the spring and got kind of shoo-shoot about it. I like what's going on down there in New York. I don't know whether or not Zach Wilson's the guy, quarterback-wise, but I think the Jets are beginning to turn a corner here. And I'm not saying they're getting to the playoffs, but I like what's happening with the Jets. And I, I like them this week against the Falcons. Let's go down to Green Bay against Cincinnati. Nah, Green Bay, come on now. Detroit versus Minnesota. I'm going to go Minnesota. Miami versus Tampa. Always going to pick uh, the team playing Miami. I've got to, you know, we have a vested interest in that. I'm going to go with Tampa. New Orleans versus Washington. I don't, think, I don't care what you say. New Orleans. Tennessee versus Jacksonville. As I mentioned already, Urban Meyer, the probably the most disgraceful story in all of sports right now. If you don't know what he did, go ahead and check out Twitter. Check out Google it for God's sakes. It'll pop it'll pop up. His time in the NFL is clicking away. I'm gonna go ahead with the Tennessee Titans here. New England versus Houston, New England, Chicago versus the Raiders. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Cleveland against the Chargers, going Chargers. The Giants versus Cowboys going Cowboys. San Francisco uh versus Arizona. I'm gonna go Arizona. Buffalo versus KC going Buffalo and your Monday night game. Mr. Carson Wentz returns to Monday Night Football. Indy versus Baltimore, going Baltimore. Which leads me to my Eagles-Panthers uh, prediction. Or actually, it leads me to my upset special of the week, which is not my Eagle-Panther prediction. My upset special of the week, I'm going to go Denver on the road against Pittsburgh. I, you know, again, just like I, I kind of said this back in the spring, um, I liked what the Jets were doing. I also like what the Broncos are doing. I like Denver in this game. I think we're kind of looking at a changing of the guard, so to speak, in the AFC. Denver's on his way up. Pittsburgh's on their way down. I'm going to go ahead with Denver on the road as my upset special of the week, which then now leads me to the Birds and Panthers. I make these predictions every week, and then I get into them in detail on Saturday with Kyle. So I'm not going to break tradition with that. I know people what people are saying. Listen, John Gannon, Nick Sirianni have been under a – you know, fire, micro, microscope, micro, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's been a hell of a week for them. They have been being held accountable by the media. Whether or not they're holding their players accountable remains to be seen. I don't like what's happening inside the Eagle locker room right now, and I don't even know what's going on in there. I'm not privy to anything that's happened inside that locker room. But I don't like it. There's some rumblings and grumblings about a disgruntled Fletcher Cox. There's some rumblings and grumblings about a, 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 a disgruntled Miles Sanders. As these losses begin to pile up, as these embarrassments begin to pile up, these rumblings and grumblings are going to turn into something more. And Nick Sirianni is going to lose that locker room. And just like I said, I believe that all it will take is two more blowout losses. And when I say blowout losses... Let's 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 be honest. 
if the Eagle defense cannot hold their opposing team to under 40 points over the next two games, and obviously if their offense can't get out of its own damn way, and we have Nick Sirianni sitting up there on the podium once again explaining how it's on him, I got to clean the penalties up. If that, is this, if that is the rhetoric and the narrative over the next two weeks against the Carolina Panthers, and on a short week heading into Thursday Night Football next week against Tampa, Jeff and Howie, and you know what? You know how I feel about Howie. They got 10 days to figure this out. They got a long week. They got a pretty long week in between week six and week seven to make their decision on whether or not they want to go ahead and switch coaches. So why not do it then? It'd be the best time you can do it besides your bye week. So I don't know. But with all that being said, <laughs> I'm going birds here. Yeah, I think the birds are going to win. Because I don't want this to be the reality. I don't want this to be the truth. Like I said at the opening, Rome was not built in a day, and I realize that. And I am on board with that. And I understand that this roster is not quite where it needs to be. John Gannon's not running certain defenses because he doesn't have the personnel to run them. He's doing the best of what he has to work with. I understand all that. But I can't take it anymore. I, I, I just, as an Eagle fan... And I, I don't think there's any Eagle fan out there worth their damn, worth their goddamn, that's going to accept what's been happening over the last two weeks. So, listen, I want them to win. I think they're going to win. That's all I want to say right now about it. I'll get more into details with Kyle here on this weekend because that's what we do here on Talking Philly Sports with Matty B on the Eagles pregame show with my official Eagle pregame show analyst, Mr. Kyle Quinn. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, it is a always, it is always a pleasure to speak to you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. I will see you later. Take care.